0: This morning's scripture reading comes from Psalm 33, verses 6 through 8. Now, these verses can be found on page 496 in, your, in the Pew Bible. Again, Psalm 33, 6 through 8, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Good morning. It is good to see each of you. If you're a guest again, we welcome you. It is encouraging to us that you're here, and we hope that we can be an encouragement to you. What a wonderful way to begin the new year. Happy New Year. Hope the last couple of days have been a great start of the new year, and what a great decision we've all made this morning to come together. There are some things that we can do to make our life better. Coming to worship God is definitely a powerful way to make our life better. We also want to encourage you to be a daily Bible reader, and there's a reading plan in the window seals here in the auditorium uh, to read through the New Testament this year. And if you haven't picked one of those up yet, be sure and do that. And let's read through the New Testament together this year. Also, another thing that might be a great encouragement to you if you're a lady is we have two ladies classes that begin on Tuesday. The Tuesday morning ladies class will resume this week, but also a new ladies class will begin on Tuesday evening. Now it will be once a month, the first Tuesday evenings of the month. You can read about both of those in your bulletin. Also, we want to remind you that if you are looking for a better year this year than you've had last year. Maybe you've had reoccurring struggles in your life. Maybe you just know you need to move closer to God. You need to grow. Well, Recovery Through Christ begins meeting at seven o'clock on Thursday evening this week from seven to nine, and we'll continue to meet every Thursday evening. It is a powerful way for you to grow closer to God, closer to God's people. And so we want to encourage you to look into that and let us know if we can help you gather any more information about that. Also, if you're a newcomer to the congregation here, a regular visitor or or you've placed membership in the last six months or seven or eight months, it's not a definite time, but if, if you're newer to the congregation, we wanna invite you to a newcomer's meal that will be served following the second worship service this morning. So if you go to Bible class after this, and then you just kill a few minutes, you can go in downstairs, the lower fellowship area. And uh, we would love to spend that time with you and have lunch with you. Many of us were gone on the Wednesday evening before Christmas. And our elders led that service. And there was an announcement made at that service that was very important. And that announcement is also included in your bulletin today, at least a portion of it. And we wanna say thank you to David Fleming for the 24 years that he has served as an elder in this congregation. Uh, Because of some changes in his health, he he just feels like he cannot continue to serve and do the task that, that he believes in the way that it needs to be done. His wife of 50 years, Melva, David, they have been a blessing to us as a congregation for 30 years. Uh, He is such an optimistic, studious, faithful, and compassionate man. He has displayed that all through the years as he has led us. Uh, He is unwavering. We love him dearly. Now, one thing I know for certain about David and Melva, uh, they may not be serving as elder and elder's wife now, but. They are like the house of Stephanus at the end of 1 Corinthians 16, that that they were devoted to the ministry of the saints. And I know that they will continue to serve in all the ways that God gives opportunities. Uh, but we just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that important announcement and that gratitude uh, was offered and honor was offered uh, in, in the way that it should be. And you and I know that a lot more than just a few brief words could be said and, um, and probably should be said. But we love and appreciate David and Melva. I love New Year's. When you think of New Year's, you think of new beginnings, it's pretty exciting. But also as I thought about New Year's this year, I began thinking about New Year's several months ago as I began thinking about the theme and also thought about some disappointments. And then I thought about maybe how we could do things, especially me, how I could do things um, in a better way as, as your preacher. This is not making light of an important thing, but I think this will somewhat illustrate what I feel like sometime. The preacher decided he was gonna illustrate a point in his sermon by using object lessons. And so he brought four, four jars of, of dirt with worms to the front. And at the beginning of the lesson, he explained that in one jar and in these worms, uh, he had just put alcohol and then the other it was cloudy it had cigarette smoke in it and in the other it had chocolate syrup and the other was nice clean dirt and he preached his lesson at the end of the lesson he said let's check on the worms now and see how they're doing and so he held up the jar of the alcohol and he said see those worms are dead he he held up the jar of the cigarette smoke and he said look those those worms are dead he held up the the jar of the chocolate syrup and he said those worms are dead then he held up the, the jar that had just the clean, fresh dirt in it. He said, look, they're alive and thriving. He said, now church, what do you think's is the lesson that we can learn today? A little lady in the very back raised her hand and said, if you drink, smoke, and eat a lot of chocolate, you won't have worms. <laughs> now, you know that that wasn't the message he was trying to communicate. But that's what somebody walked away with. And I wonder sometime how often I communicate and a hearer walks away with something completely different. And if you just said to me at the beginning of last year, hey David, how well do you communicate God? I would have said to you, I think I communicate God pretty well on a regular basis. But then I begin to think, do we as a church family walk away knowing God better? And I'm not as certain of that as what I once was. I know we talk a lot about God's people. And we talk a lot about how God's people ought to live as Christians, Christian living. And I think we talk a lot about the Bible, how the Bible is the word of God, and it's a powerful word. And we talk about a lot of the people that are talked about in the Bible. There's not a sermon goes by that we don't talk about somebody in the Bible. It may be Paul, or it may be David, or it may be Esther, or it may be Mary or Martha, but we talk about somebody in the Bible. And a lot of time we even talk about what they did in their faith. We might talk about Noah building an ark. We might talk about Abraham offering up his son. We might talk about Peter preaching that first sermon. But I really began to be strongly convicted about September, October of this year, this past year. How much do we talk about God? Wouldn't it be a shame if the one who really matters is the one that we fail to get around to talking about? You see, when this came to my mind was when I thought about some of our members that we love. I'm not throwing rocks at them. I'm just saying I thought about it when I saw them falling away. I've heard of several in the past 12 months that have heard me preach hundreds of times. They've said, I don't even believe in God anymore. And so many others live like they don't believe in God anymore. And I had to evaluate. I had some long periods of time of thinking and meditating and praying and searching scripture. What? What am I doing and what should be done? And it began to be more and more clear the more I read in scripture about how clear God makes himself for us to understand who he is. If you and I truly know God, it's going to be impossible for us to say there is no God. If you and I truly know God, the likelihood of us becoming apathetic is going to be much, much less. Now, can people know there's a God and know who he is and how powerful he is and still walk away from him? You better believe they can. They did it all through the old covenant. They did it all through the new covenant and they've done for the last 2000 years. So we're not saying we've got a fix all solution here, but we are saying That there ought to be a deep and sincere desire to say, let's all know God. Let me give you an example. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 78. Psalm 78 is a beautiful, lengthy passage. And when I say lengthy, we could even pick up in the 77th chapter to really get a broader picture, but we just don't have time for that this morning and, and what we're trying to accomplish here. But in the 78th chapter, we can jump right in to where he has been talking to the adult generation and he's urging them to not forget God. Now, are you listening? Not forget God. They, the, the generation before them, had forgotten God. And so he's saying, you're supposed to remember God and pass him down to the next generation. But notice, it always starts with the present generation. Are you gonna know God? And then are you going to be able to successfully pass God on, if you will? And so notice as we pick up in verse four, we will not hide them from their children Telling to the generations to come. What are we going to tell the generations to come? The praises of the Lord. How are we going to praise the Lord? How are we going to bless the Lord? And his strength. If we don't know God, do we know his strength? Now notice this. And his wonderful works. In Hebrew, there is a word that's translated many times, marvels. Hence the theme for this year. That same word is translated wonderful works. That one word is translated wonderful works. That same word many times is translated wonders and many, 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 many times that word is used. It's God telling us, do you see who I am? Now, we're gonna get to more in just a minute about what that word, the significance of that word, but be thinking about this as we read this. So he says, I want you to praise the Lord. I'm still in verse four again. I want you to, in five, I want you to praise the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he's done that the generations to come, verse six, that the generations come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. And when he says, know them, you see what he's talking about? He's talking about the wonderful works of God. He says, I want you to know them, but I want you to turn around and teach the wonderful works of your children that when they grow up, they will be declaring the wonderful works of God themselves. Now let's look at verse seven. Here's here's what we want to accomplish in our life and help the next generation accomplish that they may number one, set their hope in God. Number two, and not forget the works of God. And number three, and keep his commandments. So oftentimes as a preacher, I've been guilty of going immediately to that last one. Let's keep his commandments. And that is not the starting point. The starting point is keep whose commandments? God's. Notice, can you trust him? See that? Look again at verse seven. You set your hope in him, that you do not forget what? The works of God. You won't trust a God who is not trustworthy. Have you set your hope in God? It only depends if you know him. You only hope in him as much as you know him. Do you know him as a God whose wonders are so mighty that you say he can do anything and he always does it with truth. He does it with compassion. He does it with love. I trust him. Put your hope in him because you know his wonderful works he's proven he's done it over and over and over and once we have our hope in him because we have seen his marvels his wonders and we've seen it over and over and over and we can see it through reading the old testament we can see it through reading the new testament and we can see it continually in the life of the church today what's the result going to be i want to keep his commandments Not because the commandments are some isolated religion out here to itself, but because the commandments are the commandments of the God that I know, that I love, and that I trust. Now notice as we continue in verse 11, and forget, oh, by the way, the verse we just skipped is introducing the fact that the generations before them forgot God. So here we go, picking up. They forgot his works, and his what? Wonders. There's our word marvel again. They they forgot his works, his wonders that he had shown them. See, why did God do these things? Many of the things God did, he could have accomplished in another way, but he did it in a very... Obvious way because he was saying, I want you to see who I am. I want you to see how powerful I am. I want you to know me and trust me. And then notice he says in 12, marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of zone. Well, what would some of those marvelous things be? In your Bible, the next several verses, he's listing marvelous things. But where does he start? Notice the one he starts with. 13, he divided the sea and caused them to pass through and he made the water stand up like a heap. That would be amazing. To see a large body of water, the Red Sea, and see the winds blow back one side of it and God hold back the other side of it and they passed through, which he told them exactly where to pass. Because think about it, if he didn't tell them exactly where to pass, they could have gone to a part of the sea would have been so treacherous to get to the bottom of it and come out. They couldn't have made it. It'd been like mountain climbing. But instead he told them exactly where to pass. Part of God's knowledge, isn't it? And then part of God's power. Can God hold back a sea? And can God let the winds that he sends dry out so that they can walk on dry land? Absolutely. I can't do that. You can't do that. No one who's ever lived. You combine everybody that's ever lived together and that together they can't do it. Sounds like a wonder to me. Sounds like a marvel to me. And you know what? I started making notes a few uh, months ago every time I read because when I, when I did research on this word marvel, I got to noticing how many times authors in scripture When they said something about the wonder of God, they said something about Israel passing through on dry land. I'm just throwing that out to you to say, if you ask God, tell me one of the marvels that you're really proud of, I really believe because it's in here over and over. It's in the Psalms several times. It's in Isaiah, it, it's in Hebrews. It's in, I'm drawing a blank in my mind, but it's two or three or four other places. And every time I, I found two or three more just reading last night, I didn't even, it's in Acts. I mean, you just start reading and, and and it'll be just like, it just pops in there where, and he caused Israel to pass through on dry land. God, why are you bringing that up thousands of years later in Hebrews? Why are you bringing it up with Stephen and Acts? Why are you bring God saying, I just want you to know who I am. I want you to know how powerful I am. Why? Because this word marvel is a big and significant word. In the Hebrew, look on this next slide. In the Hebrew, Paula is the Hebrew word and in its primitive root, it means perhaps to separate. In other words, to distinguish. Let that sink in for a minute. God can do wonders that are distinguished from your and my wonders. <laughs> I played in a little spring when, when I was growing up. It was behind our house. I can't tell you the number of hours I played in that spring. Oh, I've done some pretty neat things with water. I built little dams with, with, with rocks and, and wood. But you know what? The wonders I could do in water, it doesn't compare to the marvels God can do. His marvels are distinguished. His knowledge, you and I know things, his knowledge is distinguished. It's separate from us. We have power, his power is distinguished. We have presence, his presence is distinguished. It is amazing when you think what God is saying. And as we read on down through here, it's the idea of being able to do great things, to be able to do difficult things, to be able to accomplish wonderful things. It's the idea of marvelous or marvels of miracles to perform, to separate, to make singular. It's wonderful or it's wonders things and works. Do you get the idea? Do you see what, what God is saying? And, and, and I know we, we can't linger on this and I'll try not to linger on this, but I, I just want you to think about the word marvels or wonders and notice how it is a distinguishing word. It is a word if it's used properly to set apart. There are seven wonders of the natural world that since, since the, the late 90s has been decided upon and, and, and it is the seven that people respect as the seven wonders of the natural world. The Grand Canyon, it's a mile deep. It's 277 miles long and, and as much as 18 miles wide in some places, it's a marvel. And in Australia, we have the Great Barrier Reef. It's 2,900 Individual reefs, 900 islands make up this reef. There is a harbor of Rio de Janeiro. It's in Brazil and it's surrounded by mountains. It's a very unusual harbor in in the surroundings of it, but also it's the largest bay so far as the volume of water in the world. There's Mount Everest, five and a half miles high. It is a wonder, it's a marvel. There are the Northern lights, a collision of of gas particles. The green lights are the most common. The, The red lights in the sky are the least common and you have your purples and blues and violets in between. In Mexico, there is the Parasutan Volcano that a man in the 40s was out in his cornfield and he saw just this this little six foot crack that looked about a foot deep and and it looked 150 feet long. He and his wife and boys were out working in the cornfield. He heard a rumbling, he felt the ground shake. They took off running. And what came out of that cornfield over the next eight years of eruptions is this mountain of a volcano that you see. The cornfield grew 1,353 feet in height. We don't have many volcanoes that in modern day, we can say we have seen them from conception to where they are today like this. It's considered a marvel in the, in the witnessing of a volcano. And then of course, the, the great Victoria Falls, and in the edge of Zambia and Zimbabwe, it's two times the height of Niagara, and it's two times the width of Horseshoe Fall. There is no solid sheet of water any grander than Victoria Falls. What's the point? You see the point. Think about the word wonders or marvels. There are many canyons in the world, but the Grand Canyon is distinguished. There are many barrier reefs, but the Great Barrier Reef is distinguished. There are many harbors, but the harbor Rio de Janeiro is distinguished. There are many mountains, but Mount Everest. There are many lights in the sky, but the northern lights. There are many volcanoes, but none like the Parasutan. There are many falls, but none like Victoria. In other words, they're distinguished. God, what are you trying to tell us? Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, God says, I want you to see my marvels you've got to understand i'm not just another man he's not a man at all except god in flesh jesus but he's in other words we get this notion sometimes. i'm fearful we get this notion that, that god is just some kind of superman he's just some kind of superhuman he's human but he's just a little better than other humans and what god is trying to show us over and over is he not only is god but if you believed in any other gods, and come back tonight, and we'll talk a little bit about that, what the influence of, of Genesis 1 and 2, and what would the worldview have been whenever Moses was writing Genesis 1? And it was as if he was saying, hey, whatever the gods you believe in, let me tell you about the one who is God of all gods. He is distinguished. That's who I need to know. There's no such thing as Christianity unless it ties back to the God of all. There's no such thing as really understanding this book unless I realize that it was written to tie me back to the God of all, the marvelous, wonderful, powerful God. Christian living is empty if I am not living it to be tied back to the Almighty God. Sharing my faith is empty if what I'm sharing is urging someone to draw to something other than the Almighty God and His people. And so with that in mind, we'll only have just... A few minutes left. Let's skip a few slides and I want to show you two things as we close. What would God say about himself in this case? Let me I want, to close closing. let's do this. Let's read one passage where God says, let me tell you about me. The marvels and then let's look at a foreigner an outsider of israel and see what they said and we'll have to do this quickly but i think you'll get the, the message here exodus 34 and 10 moses has been called back up for the second time to receive the 10 commandments because the first time he got angry at the children of israel because they built a golden calf and he broke the tablets and god calls him back up and god tells him what he wants to accomplish with the children of israel and so in exodus 34 and 10 he said behold i make a covenant And and by the way, later on, he's even gonna say, when you go into these foreign nations surrounding you, don't go into covenant relationship with them. That's why he's saying, I'm distinguished. You make a covenant only with me. And so that's what he's getting at here. Behold, I make a covenant. Before all your people, I will do marvels. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Let that verse sink in. Read it and reread it. If things go as we hope and plan this year, we will read that verse many times. That verse is a mouthful, it's a heartful, it's a lifeful. God, I want to know you, the God that can do things with people, the God that can do things with nations, the God that has not stopped. He is still doing awesome things even today with his people. You remember Rahab? Remember Jericho is going to be destroyed. The spies, two spies come in and, and they're checking things out and Rahab hides them. Have you ever thought, why did she want to connect with them? Well, if you've read the scriptures, you know, but let's, let's read it. Look in Joshua, the second chapter verse eight. Here's an outsider now. This isn't one that grew up with her mother or father or grandparents saying, let me tell you about the almighty God. She didn't have that opportunity. But notice in Joshua two and eight. Now, before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land. See, so she, she knows something about the Lord already that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Verse 10, for we have heard how, what? The Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. You see, it wasn't just God that says, listen, it was a marvel. We're talking about a woman many, many, many years later. They've wandered out in the wilderness for 40 years. They're coming back over now ready for conquest and here's this woman and I don't mean in disrespect for her, she's in the lineage of Jesus Christ but at this point in time, she would have been described as a heathen. This was somebody that was not a child of God and, and she goes to these two men and says, I know about your God and in essence, what she says is, I wanna know, can I join sides with your God? Well, now wait a minute. Were you attracted to my God because we keep the Sabbath day holy? Were you attracted to my God because of the feast days we have? Were you attracted to my God because you saw the people and you... No, I want to be frank with you. I don't know hardly anything about your religion. I don't know hardly anything about your people. But you know what I know about? I know about your God. And I know how wonderful and awesome and powerful He is. And that's why I want to become a part of your people. I wish we could accomplish that today. I wish everybody here could leave sincerely saying, the reason I'm a Christian is because I know God. I know how awesome and marvelous and powerful He is. And what of accomplishment it would be in our lives spiritually. And maybe at this point you you don't know a lot. Will you please? Begin studying and if there's things we can do to help you. And and I really, you know, it isn't just the preacher's advertisement. Will you come back tonight? Because tonight we're going to be talking about what if you knew God as the creator? We're not going to study about creation from the standpoint of creation. We're going to study about creator. How does it change us if we know God as the creator? And when you come back tonight, you just see, how would that change your life? How would it change your worldview? How would it change your soul if you really know God? But if you know this morning that you know God and you want to submit your life to him and you've never been immersed into Christ to draw near to God, to be forgiven of sins, to be adopted into God's family, and you know that's what you want to do this morning, you're willing to repent of sins, you have that belief, you're, you will stand with him and confess him. We would be honored to be a small part of the encouragement of you becoming a Christian. Maybe you have become a Christian along the way you've lost the way. And maybe this morning you recognize how foolish it is to turn your back on the marvelous God. Maybe you want to come back and confess sin and pray forgiveness. There's not any of us here perfect. One of God's great marvels is salvation. One of his great, great marvels. If we help you in any way, come as we stand, as we sing.